Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. How are you? I am not well. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I have a physical ailment. (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me. Are you saying mine's mental? Yes. Uh, No, it isn't. Well, it's it's not mental. It's an emotional state. Frustrating, you mean? Yeah, that way. Frustrated? Yes. Yeah. So I've had, um, I guess it's... uh, just some craziness going on here. I'm, you know, trying to figure out why this thing has started off as what I thought was an allergic reaction to something in the air, and now it seems to have gotten much worse. Yeah, and so as it's a, over two weeks. Yeah, and as I said to you before, you're you're didn't call in sick. You're here, and you said you were in Philadelphia yesterday. I was. Woo! I was there, and I thought it was a really fascinating situation to to be involved in because I fully expected that I was there for a meeting which I'll tell you about in a minute but the meeting started at noon so I thought there's going to be I had checked it out on the internet and there's a special site for the traffic issues around the Democratic Convention mm-hmm. Yippee. so I said go down I better I better get it get on the road before 8:30 so I can get there for noon and then I got a phone call. Uh, later in the day from the woman who I was meeting there at this meeting and she said we've got it all arranged you need to just drive down to the Philadelphia County Medical Society building at 21st and Spring Garden Spring Garden yeah so it's way up there by the museum yeah and park in their private garage and we are all going to meet here, and then we're going to Uber it down, uh, down to, to the, the Warwick. Warwick. Mm-hmm. So I said, wow, that makes a lot of sense. So I still expected there would be a lot of problems with that, with the traffic coming into the city. Mm-hmm. It was probably one of the better days I've ever driven on the mm-hmm. school kill. Yeah. Just went right down. Maybe because people anticipated what you thought. Probably, yeah. And you remember that the convention is down in South Philadelphia, not in the middle of the city, which is where you were at Rittenhouse. And the news stuff, like the the Today Show, which I watch, was done right right across from the Liberty Bell, right at Independence Mall, like that area. So that was crazier probably in the morning, and then it was less, and then it's south of that. So it worked so, out really well good. that we got there. Um, Isn't that hotel beautiful? I love it. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't been in there probably in about eight to ten years. Yeah, it's so neat. And they really did some major renovations in there. It mm-hmm. looks wonderful. 
But the thing that struck me about it was really funny. As I got out of the, um, the well, it's not a taxi, it's the person's car, the Uber car. Did you give them a good rating? I didn't even do that part yet. Uh, we walked from the curb, and they had built a handicapped section there with a ramp, which had not been there before that I recall. So I walked up the ramp, and as I was walking up the ramp, there was a Philadelphia police officer walking up the steps and said something to a Pennsylvania state trooper that was standing there and tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, you guys are doing a good job. <laughs> and I said, that's really neat. Yeah. So that's what struck me is that on the sidewalk in front of the hotel, there were three Philadelphia police officers. There was a state trooper at the entrance to the hotel. And when we got inside, nobody asked me for any ID or anything. So I don't think it was that kind of a situation. But when I got in, then there was another Philadelphia police officer, or no, I'm sorry, it was a Pennsylvania State Trooper, standing in the elevator bank, watching people going up and down. So that's probably just a tiny slice of what was going on there with all the security. Do you think people were staying there who were of Oh, I know they were. Okay. They were, and there were also delegates from the convention there, yeah, all okay. these welcome signs all over the place. Okay. Everybody on the planet was sponsoring a luncheon, a breakfast, right. something for all these people. So the nice part was they had a big open table there with all kinds of food on it, cookies, um, apples, candies, all kinds of Hershey candies, all kinds of stuff. So you just walk by, help yourself. It was uh -huh. very nice. Well, that's so neat. the meeting I went to was a meeting upstairs in the one of the ballrooms, uh, sponsored by Eli Lilly, and it was a a special, the kind of a sub meeting, I guess you would call it, for the people who were there for the convention, and it was on um, Alzheimer's. Oh, okay. And it was um, about what. They had speakers there who were people that were promoting some kind of legislative work around Alzheimer's to recognize caregivers, to recognize um, the people that uh, care for and in the medical system that work with people with Alzheimer's and other dementia diseases. And they had superwoman there linda carter was a speaker does she have does she what's the well, deal with no, her, her some, mother yeah okay her i knew there was did, some connection but then she said that she and her brother also went for genetic testing yeah and found that they have the gene Ugh. that would probably superwoman can't she just will yeah, it away that's what i thought but no but she came her final comment which i think was very interesting is that the genetic information it gives her the uh, the thought that this is chemistry, this is not destiny. Okay. And so you say, okay, fine. That's very, it's a good way to, to do it. Then there was a senator there who was from, I think, Minnesota, who was uh, sponsoring a bill, and he gave us some very interesting information about the fact that it costs $2 billion, with a B, $2 billion a day. A day. A day to take care of all the people in this country who have Alzheimer's. And, and wow. that as the uh, baby boomers age, 
Yeah. They expect it to triple the amount of annual costs for Alzheimer's. Oh, man. So he's sponsoring a bill to try to take care of some of that research and push money towards the National Health in- National Institute of Health to find a cure for this. And were they talking about those things? Because something was recently on, I think it was on the Today Show, where they, th- these mind games, these games to keep your mind sharp, and uh, they, w- were they talking about that as, as some type of preventative, if you have the gene maybe, yeah. do you ha- should you work on that more to help in that area, or doesn't it matter? Well, like Linda Carter said, she said, so I've been doing a lot of puzzles yeah <laughs> really no it's the truth like trivia games and no keep is. your mind it stimulated information they're trying to mm-hmm. so yes that's part of the information they're trying to i think i may have said something about this before i read an article from aarp there's a woman who's a former model a black woman who um her name is b smith yeah and you know she I think has I've seen her on the, Alzheimer's. the CBS morning yeah, Sunday morning exactly yeah and she was there with her husband and they he was a speaker and talked about how he noticed when things were changing right. with her I wanted her to speak but she didn't she stood next to him she's Maybe she absolutely couldn't. gorgeous oh she is beautiful lady and um, now she can speak because I saw her mingling with people no so maybe I, she in, I'm just saying in public maybe it wasn't she wasn't I, comfortable I suspect that she probably couldn't continue a path right, of thought right. and so that's where, where the issue was but it, it was just so fascinating to understand that there's a far greater probability in Latina and black women in this country to get almost like two times greater wow. that they would get Alzheimer's versus Caucasian and other um, Asian type races and there's a very that I said to the woman the one woman I was with who is a black woman, and she was there with her daughter, but she is taking care of her father who has Alzheimer's. And they just said that it's just, there's just so much of this. And I said, as we were riding back, there's gotta be something in that. There's, there's gotta be a place to look in that. Why is it that those two, um, they're not races, but two types of, um, Nationalities or, well, race. race. It's race, yeah. Okay. Why is it happening there? What is their distinguishing in their genetic makeup that would allow for that? And so I don't know. There's just great progress being made in this. But the reason why I was there wasn't necessarily because I was there for that purpose, although it was very important to me personally to learn about that. But it's that I was there and I was introduced to three people who were the executive directors of medical societies in the Philadelphia area. And they are now talking about and trying to figure out how to develop programs to help women physicians with their personal finances. Okay. So it was a wonderful opportunity for me to meet them and also have a free lunch and a great opportunity to... <laughs> Lynn, yeah. there are no free lunches. Yeah, I know. But Eli Lilly, thank you. If, I think they're the ones that uh, produce some of the Alzheimer's drugs. Uh, yeah, of course. And uh, I'm sure they're doing a lot of research on it because the first person to the end of the game on this one is going to make a lot of money. Yeah. So there's an incentive for them. That's neat. 
Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, and that's a good thing. And as, as we said earlier, I just have to say that I have watched the NRC, and now I'm watching the the, N, the RNC. Yeah, no, yeah, Republican. And now I'm watching the DNC, and I have to say that. I think last night, uh, Obama, uh, Kane did a great job, and Obama knocked it out of the park. He really did. He which was, one? <laughs> which she Michelle? Did a great the, yeah. Well, the, I'm saying last night he was on the time. Yeah. She was unbelievable as well. Yep. I mean, everybody so far has done a wonderful job. Of course, yeah. my boy Billy. I, I was totally mesmerized. I love him. Uh, so Ooh. Bill Clinton. What do you mean who? Oh. Oh. Name Bill and I, Billy. I and thought you were talking about Biden. And no, I think Joe. I love Joe Biden, but I didn't hear his speech. He was on sooner than I got home last oh. night, so I didn't hear him. But I was. I just have to say, I I just did. I thought that um, President Obama just was great. I loved when he was talking about, and it's so true about anybody. It drives me nuts that I don't know that daring greatly um, story. Whatever you want to say, uh, what term you want to use uh, from Teddy uh, Roosevelt, and. And unless you're, you know, putting yourself in the arena when you're doing it, people are going to say everything they want to say about you because they're taking the risk instead of sitting at the, on the sidelines watching and criticizing because these people don't put themselves out there. Right. I don't care if this is in the political arena or if it's in a hometown. You put yourself out there and people automatically take pop shots because they're sitting there doing nothing but make talking about other people. So do something. You know, and I like when he said, don't boo, vote. Because. Yeah. Was a great I line. love it. I that quoted it. As soon line. as he said it, I sent it to Sean because Sean was at the convention oh, the last two he? days. Well, not last night, but the night, the two nights before, he texted me a shot of Bill at the podium, and uh, he he's because he's you know working for McGinty, so he's down in, and he's in Philadelphia, and he's mm-hmm. he's just so he's psyched. He is thrilled, and well, it's I, a lot of good excitement. I would think that just from a little smattering of what I got when I was there in Philadelphia yesterday. There is such a high level of energy and buzz uh, around those conventions. Yeah. All of them. Everybody was thrilled. Yeah, I just think that it, it, either one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, it's all about it's, pride and oh what, who, what you believe in and who you want. And it's just a great sense of... Um, a lot of energy. Yeah, there. great energy. Because people are believing and they want to believe in what these people are talking about. But I thought it was great. And as a Democrat, I'm very happy. So we're going to take a very quick break. You're listening this morning to the Laurie and Lynn show. We'll be right back. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Laurie Cadden. I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, okay. that's it. Well, I'm not going to go on like you do. And I'm and and available on Amazon.com. Oh, get it. You're just, go you're ahead. just jealous. I am. My name is Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. Um, I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available... Where? On Amazon.com. Thank you. There we go. See? All right. Every time Lynn and I are anywhere, I could just go, I could do her whole spiel as to who who she is, like she needs to be introduced. Did I tell you that I did that one time without thinking? See? Because it's so commonplace. It was, I was very embarrassed, but I just... (laughs) 
That's a shameless plug. <laughs> shameless. Sad. I'm on the, the president's advisory board at Keystone College, and we go around the room and all introduce ourselves. And I was, I sat down. And I was putting things to the side. I had to try to make space for myself. And I was, I had papers in front of me that were the uh, agenda for the meeting. So I didn't want to put stuff on top of it. And it was my turn to be introduced. So automatically, I didn't even think about it. I just went right into the same thing. And when I finished, I went, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. So sorry. <laughs> That was uh, well, I have to tell you, too, last week, last Sunday, I had a little, um, uh, we had a reunion, Cadden reunion at my cousin Jimmy and Aaron Cadden's home up in Clark Summit, which is where it's been the last several years. And I, I just have to give a big shout out to my uncle Gene Cadden because he listens to us all the time. And Deb and I saw him at Novena the other day. Um, of course, Novena, too. Once again, I love setting up my commitment for the 10 days. And yippee, hooray, once again this year, all 10 days. And it is such a good feeling to say you're going to do something and actually do what you say you're going to do. And and there's so much you think about all the things that are going to happen or what you're you know it's you know the miracles and and just the sacred ground that the basilica sits on of course it's sacred because it's in west side anyway but of that course. beside the point of it's course. double sacred because it's incredible and it was hotter than heck but underneath that tent it was beautiful breeze up because you're on the highest point in west side so it was just beautiful but um I have to tell you, I met this that long, long, long time ago, and it was in 1997. I remember going to a novena at 3.30 in the afternoon, sitting under, standing under a tree, and the priest said something that I actually believed in my, it was, it was such an out of, weird out-of-body experience. I actually believed it, it, that he was speaking to, directly to me, that, honest to God, and that there was nobody else in the, in the whole place but me, and I'm thinking, he must be, I think he's talking to me, because I was feeling this way, yeah. and it's Sort of like what I was feeling, it was reinforced, and it made me change a little bit of what I I did. And it was a tough time in my life back with marital, maritally, or if that's a word. So I was like, oh, my God. And so this novena, I sat at, and I got speaking to this lovely woman who was sitting next to me. And she told me the story about when she was younger. She's not Catholic. And when she was younger, she would bring her children. And her, child, her daughter, um, six weeks or so after her childbirth, just, they discovered that she had ovarian cancer. And she died three years later. And so she said she goes as often as she can in honor of her daughter. So at one point, the priest was talking about his brother who died of brain cancer. And that his sister said to him, how, Robin, because he was a priest, how do we pray for Tom? How do we pray for him? Do we pray for him to get better and to survive? We know he, he's not, be, he, it's based on what the doctors tell me he won't. Or do we pray to be able to help us understand what's happening to him and, and how to cope with it? And then this f Father Robin said, well, you, you, as humans, we want to pray for them to get better. So pray for them and he told this whole novena story and then he's in the end he said so that is the human thing to do is to pray so after that service was over this woman said to me oh my god i i cannot believe it she said you know the whole she said what that priest just said about his sister asking about how we should pray 
you know, should I pray for her, his, him to get better? Do I pray to understand what's happening? She said, I used to pray that same prayer to God, said, please help her to get better. Please help her to get better. And instead, in the end, I changed it to, can I please be with her when she, when she takes her last breath? Can I be with her? And that was my prayer. And she said, you know, Laurie, I felt just like that priest was talking to me. She said, I felt like I was the only person here. And I sat there and I said to her, uh, it, it, I got tears in my eyes. I said, oh, my God, the same, that same exact feeling, the same things, words that I said, she said to me. And I said, what is your name? And she told me her name. And I said, my name is Laurie. And she said, that was my daughter's name. Oh, oh my God. It was, I'm not kidding you. And I know this, this is just my stuff. This is the stuff. Get out of there. Yeah. I think, oh my God. I don't care what anyone, that was my little. That was your miracle. Tap on the shoulder. Yeah. And I think that these are the things that you, you, if you really believe them or yeah. and let yourself believe, whatever your faith is. Yeah. And so many people go there. She's not Catholic. This woman yes. isn't Catholic. So many people go of all faiths mm -hmm. because of that that sense. And I'm, I, it just happens all the time. But the weird thing for all those years later and almost 20 years later, this woman says the same thing. I didn't know her from Adam. She didn't know me. We sat there and we just struck up this conversation. And then Deb and I were there the last day and Deb met her and she... You could just see that she wanted to believe something and being there for her daughter. It's just it's just the reason people do it is, is amazing well, you know, to me. I think that there's great value in just trusting in the fact that you will be where you need to be at the time yes. you need to be there. Yes. And so you sat next to that woman, and you could have sat next to thousands mm -hmm. of other people. But that was there for you and for her yeah you know and i just i i know this sounds bizarre to say this but every time i have ever had an event that i was the hostess for or whatever i have never done a seating chart on purpose because i believe that when people come in and sit down at a table they will same thing they will sit next to the person they should be sitting next to because it's part of a bigger plan mm-hmm and it's amazing to me the stories that have come out of that you know hey i didn't realize that this person said and all of a sudden people strike up friendships I know it. and things and, it, and i just say okay well and you it. know that goes back to something i think i said on this show before but i'm going to say it again paulette marshall who was miss invader mm -hmm. who was paulette Pazlupski, I can't remember Pazluzny. if that's how Pazluzny. Yes. Now we say her name incorrectly. I'm sorry, Paulette, if you're listening. But Paulette Marshall now, and I love her. She's on the Broadway board, and her husband passed away, I don't know how many years ago, and she was had a wonderful relationship. And so our last gala at the Scranton Cultural Center, which we're going to have two wonderful people on in a little bit talking about the Cultural Center, but so perfect segue. They, um, She was at the gala for Broadway Theater. The Barbettis were honored, and Paulette was going to sit with me, and we, Bernie Ross and Marlene and I, we decided to move Paulette to the table with the DeFrancescos from Fidelity, the Fidelity Banks table, another one, of, another one of our sponsors, and Beth DeFrancesco, another board member, and her husband, and they were all sitting there, and Patty DeCipio, because this is where I think when Patty was on, her husband was there with Patty, and Paulette sat with Patty, and they had this whole conversation about Paulette's husband being his favorite teacher and he being Paulette's husband's favorite student and knowing, not knowing this was going to happen. And at the end of, on her way out, Paulette came over to me 
And she said, Laurie, I just have to thank you for where you sat, where you put my, me, where, where I was able to sit today. I said, we can't, it's not only me, Bernie Ross and Marlene Salmon and I, we put, we thought, actually Bernie came up, it would be perfect for you to sit with Beth because you're on the education committee. Paulette was new to the board. And she said, well, I have to tell you, she said, I sat with the Decipios and it turns out that he, as I just said, was my husband and my husband was his favorite. And she said, so I want you to know, Laurie, that tonight my husband was my date and I started I tell that story and she I had tears in my eyes I say it all the time that's the stuff that happens that's Mm -hmm. how she felt like he was actually there with her because of the conversation like you just said and she was supposed to sit not that she would have had a delightful evening sitting right next to me however she was moved and she it was perfect and it was the best story and that is so true you are where you're supposed to be yep so no those are the things, yeah, those are the things that just... Well, I'm glad you got that out of, out of the novena this year. Uh, yeah, I was very, it was very was happy. Great. But Uncle Gene, getting back to him real quickly, sorry, Uncle Gene, I went off on this, but my uncle was there and, you know, he's, it, just to see him and my, Deb and I were sitting in my car before we went over and I said, there goes my Uncle Gene and my Aunt Alice and he, <laughs> and, she, and he's going 240 and he's, you know, the only surviving uh, sibling on my dad's, of the Cadens, the seven of them. And he, it just, it's just amazing how wonderful he is and how proud of his family and I just absolutely love him and I just want to say on air he's a great guy and we're all of us are fortunate to have him we sat at that reunion he's telling all these stories about Cadden brothers years ago and the stuff that my father and my uncles used to say to customers and my uncle said I don't know my uncle's a politician so he said I could never say some of those things you're the stuff that your uncle and your father would say to people and they'd keep coming back every week so I mean but just because they would have fun with them and my uncle Gene would always try to say, you know, because you try to be dip- a diplomat and do yes. what's right. But um, anyway, I just want to say he's such a terrific guy, and he listens to us all the time, Lynn. And I just love him. And it's so good to still have him and, and just and see some of those he? old. He's, he's 80. He's 80, I think. He might be a, a tad a little over. I don't know. I'm making him younger. I'll say you're 75, Uncle Gene, but that's not. <laughs> but he's just, he is. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy, and it was just good to be around all of my cousins and talk about all good old yeah. times of you know your parents so it was i had it was one good. of those reunions last saturday you did oh yeah, yeah you said anchors. about laurie's anchor yeah. yes my cousins were there and was leon there no but Laurie was. Laurie was there. Laurie and Leon Zenker graduated with me from West in 1979. And Laurie's. And it was, was it 1999? Son. I think I graduated. What? Laurie's son. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Laurie's son is the one who graduated from West Side, so that's why oh, okay. we had the party. Okay. So it was um, nice just to see them all. It was just fun to see all my cousins and their kids. It is good. It's to see to see how they have grown and mm-hmm. what you've created and and that they're what and what they all do and who they look like and who they do. Yeah, and I'm always trying to figure out who does that one look like? Because yep. of course you know you want them to always say they look like you. Huh. Me. When I show my kids <laughs> pictures. I was at my friend's house last week, and I'm showing them Sean's current picture and Tommy's. And they're like, oh, my God, Tommy looks just like your father. And he does. And, oh, my God. And then he shows. I showed a picture of Sean. And they're like, oh, he's so cute. He's adorable. And I go, I know. You're going to say he looks like his father, aren't you? <laughs> 
they're like, he's adorable. He's just adorable. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he does look a little like his dad. But, you know, I just he mean, sure I don't want. No, he doesn't. Yes, Not he that does. sure does, Lynn. No. I'm anyway. Um, oh, God, that just flew somewhere. But, no, I'm teasing. He does look like his father <laughs> in many ways. I'll tell you where he does and where he does, like, from the cheeks down. Oh, and the, okay, fine. But, yeah. He looks like his father. All right. He doesn't. <laughs> I will tell you, if you look at him as a little boy and yeah. my face, they're identical. Oh, okay. <sighs> but that's it. So anyway. So anything else? Because we have about 30 seconds. We're going to yep. take a quick break, Lynn, yes. so you can ease your voice. Thank you. And we will be back with Ms. Deb Moran-Peterson, Executive Director of the Scranton Cultural Center, and Rachel Franduti, who is the Marketing uh, manager. manager of the Scranton Cultural Center. And we're here to talk a little bit about what's going on there and about an event they have coming up in October. We'll be right back. You're listening this morning to the Laurie and Lynn Show. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn. Now, back to Laurie and Lynn. everybody, welcome back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business available on Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> and my name is Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit, and I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available on Amazon.com. Thank you. And a big happy birthday to my dear friend, Miss Ann Sharoda. Last night, Sunita. Aurora, Nisha, Aurora, Ann Sharota, and I went to Basil. It was wonderful, and we celebrated Ann's birthday, which is today, the 27th, but you're hearing this on the 29th, so if you see Ann, wish her a big happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ann. I love you, honey. So, here we are with Rachel Franduti, the marketing manager at the Scranton Cultural Center. Rachel, how long you been in that place now? Uh, long, long. Four or five years. That's it? Yeah. God, that seems longer. And Deb <laughs> Moran-Peterson, who's the executive director, newly minted. She's only there about three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> How long, Deb? Seven Pull months-ish. Pull this over to Seven months-ish. Yeah. Seven months already? Mm-hmm. Wow. Time flies. Yeah. So we're talking about, first of all, as we know, just let's say it, the Scranton Cultural Center is my favorite building and favorite place. It is so many it's it i spent so many years of my life there and continue to love being there and it's just it just we need to do everything we can to keep this this wonderful organization where it needs to be because it is so the home to so many wonderful things that go on on a yearly basis so the cultural center as a fundraiser is um having this raffle called 100 for 100 100 for well 100 for 100 um cash prizes up to ten thousand dollars 100 prizes will be awarded all prizes are valued at the 100 dollar price or more um event tickets merchandise restaurant certificates and a lot more the ticket price obviously that's why it's 100 for 100 is 100 dollars and they're going to have a wonderful party a drawing party it's called which i like that that's a cool title on october 7th 
of this year at the Scranton Cultural Center, and all the parties are always fun there. So tell us a little bit about how this whole thing came to fruition, or how it, whose idea, how it's now come to fruition, and what do you feel about what's happening so far? I think we're very excited about this fundraiser. It was really the brainchild of John Murray, Ann Falzette and Nadega Martin. They're the three co-chairs. They're members of the board of directors. They came up with this concept of doing a 100 for 100 raffle. We're so excited about it because we're only going to sell 1,000 tickets. So you have one in 10 chances of winning something. So you can basically get back the value of your ticket for $100. You can get the value in a prize or a much greater prize or be one of the lucky winners to win a cash prize. So it's such a great incentive, and it's a wonderful opportunity to raise much-needed funds for the Cultural Center, particularly when it comes to our ongoing restoration and our, and our programming. Um, because the Cultural Center, as you said, it's something that's so near and dear to you, Laurie, and, and just watching you talk about it I could see how your face lights up you really love it and that's I think that transcends to some other people in the community knowing that this this building has to continue to exist but not only does it need to exist as a building and as a structure and maintain its beautiful integrity as an architectural marvel marvel in our area but it also needs to be full of services and open to the community so the community can access it and enjoy the culture of performing arts because they deserve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They deserve it. Yeah. The community deserves it. And to see that in, in your heart, that, that just really warms me because I know a lot of people feel the same way. And that's how these three people, members of the board, and the whole board is on board with working on this as well, really feel strongly that this is a way of raising major dollars. So if we sell a 1,000 tickets, we, we want to raise $80,000 or more for this event. And and we think that the idea of only selling a 1,000 tickets, it's an incentive because people now have a great opportunity to win something. You have one in 10 chances of winning something. And along with your raffle ticket, you get it, you're automatically invited to the party, mm-hmm. which is going to be on October 7th. And we're doing an Oktoberfest theme with it. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be like a big party. And, and we will have other tickets tickets available for people who want to bring another person for $35 they can buy a ticket to the party as well so we're going to have a lot of fun things going on with the party in addition to just the drawing of the raffle we'll have music we'll have food and we'll have other kinds of games and things to do so it will be fun it will be a fun event as they like I said they're always a good time when you go there but I think Deb as you said to just kind of talk a little bit about what goes on in the behind the doors of the 188,000 square foot building in in the center of Scranton, Pennsylvania. There's nothing like it in our region or anywhere close to us. Um, the stuff that goes on there from the main stage to uh, the this, which seats almost about 1,800, a mm-hmm. little less than that, mm-hmm. people, to the Shopland Hall fourth floor, which seats about 600 mm-hmm. or so, mm-hmm. to the event space, the ballroom, um, the fact, theater, the, yeah. every mm-hmm. single space that's in that place, from crafts Hall to the the work that the Masons and all of the work that's done from the Mason standpoint in the lodges that they have and 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 then you have the uh, the firewalls that come down and holding something in the theater side and something on the ballroom side and you can't hear what's going on on either side not that that happens often but the fact that it can happen because of the weight of the walls and the soundproofing is amazing because I remember and I've said this before there was Philharmonic going on one side and there was an event happening on the other side and there was no crossover of anything that's I mean amazing. it was crazy 
in there because there were so many people. But there was no disruption of anybody's time on either side. When you think about how, how far ahead they were in the, the architecture um, group that put the building together, that constructed the building and back in 1927, 20, well, yeah, 27 to 1930, mm-hmm. had the foresight to look at that. Of course, there's been renovations over time to be able to stay with the times, but it, it really is an architectural marvel. And it's, it's unbelievable how that place is. And of course, because of it, the more people in there, the more wear and tear on the building. Yes. And that's what happens. So, Rachel, you're, you've been very instrumental in working closely with the board and the committee. There's a great group of people who yes. are diligently working to pull this thing off, getting the prizes, and mm-hmm. you're very involved from the inside, so why don't you talk a little bit about how you feel things are going with this and what you want to say about it. Uh, I just think it's a fantastic concept, and I think it's going to be widely successful, and I we would be remiss not to mention the incredible amount of community support that we've received so far, because we do have our board members contributing prizes, but in addition, we have committee members out traveling, talking to businesses and saying, will you help the Cultural Center? Will you give a donation? And we've been very fortunate to receive a lot of very great prizes from many local businesses, which is always great to yeah, get that kind you, of support. As you're saying, you have to make sure that people who buy this now are going to get something back, right? right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's pretty much what happens with it. And keeping track of that is amazing. Yeah. Just, just making sure that part of it is all you know said and put in the right spot and you know what you can offer these people it's not mm-hmm. just i mean it seems like oh it's but the background stuff is a lot there's a lot of there's log- a lot. lot of logistics yeah involved. yeah mm-hmm. and, and rachel's putting together all the she's marketing all the prizes and if you look at our website you can see all the prizes she's taking photos of some of the prizes she set up a photo studio down in her office yeah talk about that rachel how people can look at these or find out more information too talk about the places where they can go to for that for a list of prizes you can go to our website and it's easy you just go to sccmt.org backslash 100 so it's a pretty easy way to remember it or to look at photos we have all the photos of the prizes that we have so far on our facebook page and our photo albums so you can view all of the all of the prizes and see all of the gift certificates and experiences and tickets and things like that that we have that way as well and we're adding new prizes every week as they come in Mm -hmm. yeah so deb this is it's new um it's exciting because it's the first time you're doing it and there's a lot of as rachel said a lot of good energy with the community they're supporting it there and how and, and 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 then the people who are giving not only the committee people who go out and ask, but the people who respond, the businesses right. and the and the individuals who are saying, yep, we're going to buy into that. We're going to give you this. We're going to give you that. That is so incredible. But again, I say Northeastern Pennsylvania is so generous. Is. That just, is. They just step up. And I think that's what Rachel was talking about when she said the community support. Yeah, it's not right. those purchasing right. tickets or the board members going out and getting the prizes. It's the community wrapping uh-huh. themselves around yeah. it. And I also have to say that the Masons are a wonderful partner oh, with us. They're the through best. all of our fundraising efforts. They really are there. Anything us. that goes on there. It, that is very their home. That we and, have mm-hmm. two liaison um, st- um, board members from the Masons on our board. So that communication is always ongoing. So mm-hmm. they know what we're doing and they, we have an idea and we know what they're doing because they schedule all of our, their meetings at our place. So we, you know, so there's a close relationship there, which is which is great for us. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you, I know we have a lot to talk about. So talk a little bit more and then we can come back to this or keep talking about this. I don't whatever you guys feel you want to do, because I know there's camp going on and a lot of things happening so why don't you talk about what's going on with that 
Yeah, we are about three weeks into our camp program, and it has been going fantastically. Lots of boys and girls coming through that are having so much fun learning about the arts and making new friends and, and really learning a whole set of new skills and confidence and, you know, presenting yourself that they don't even realize that they're learning. So we have our second showcase tomorrow, which is sure to be exciting. And then we transition into our Wizard of Oz sessions. Um, so at the end of those sessions, it's really exciting. We'll have, I think, about between 50 and 60 kids right now, but we're still getting applications rolling in on our main stage doing a full production of The Wizard of Oz for Young Performers. When is that going to be? That is going to be on August 19th at 7 p.m. and August 20th at 11 a.m. And the cool thing is tickets are $5. Yeah. So it's like a nice, inexpensive treat for the family. It's always so fun to just see these young performers so excited about what they're doing and, and on such a grandiose stage that they have will be able to share with so many famous performers that have come through the cultural center so it's like a great experience all around i love the wizard of oz it's my favorite mm-hmm. movie just so we know so that's i almost know all the lines i could probably apply a, a good audition for it <sighs> why don't you maybe i could be the wicked witch there you go i'll get you my pretty little <laughs> dog the good witch <laughs> i could be glad that too yes. be gone with you before someone drops a house on you too but so, um, the, the how many, what are the ages between the kids who are going to, I know the camp is different, but the Cinder, Cinderella, the uh, wizard, how many, what are the age groups of the kids, all ages? It is for our entire camp. So, okay. the, the entirety of the camp runs for three weeks for our summer stage division, which is grades 5th through 12th. And then we have our little dragon division, that's 12th, or I'm sorry, pre-K to 4th. So, we, it's kind of split, the younger and the and the older. So the Little Dragons will actually have one more one week, just a general arts experience camp, because three weeks is a little long mm-hmm. to, to delve them into something so intensive. So um, they will have one week of just regular fun artsy camp and then two weeks of Wizard of Oz. And over that whole span, our summer stage campers will have a three-week experience where every day they're coming in and learning lines and auditioning and learning their music and learning the choreography, helping with set pieces, helping with costumes, like a full experience experience of what goes into making the show. So by the end of that three-week time period, it will involve our little beans. Some of them are as young as three years old all the way up to seniors in high school. I love it. I love it. So the Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. and that's going to take place on the 19th, did you say? Mm-hmm. $5 at what time, Rach? The 19th at 7 p.m. and then August 20th at 11 a.m. Okay, so if you're out there and you want to come in here, you don't have to have a, a horse in this race. Just come and show up. It's a $5 admission to see these kids all working so hard for what they've learned over the last couple weeks at the Cultural Center. Also, please remember that if anybody wants to buy a ticket to support the Cultural Center, it is um, in addition to your ticket, you will be invited to the the, um, drawing party on October 7th at the Scranton Cultural Center, and the tickets are $100, the raffles. So please think about that. The number there is 346. 344-1111. Oh, you want to do it that? Okay, three. that's the easy way, the box mm-hmm. office. 344-1111. Or if they want to go online, can they get it, get it that way too? They cannot buy the raffle tickets Okay, online. so best to call. Them. Yes. Okay, so remember, it's 344-1111. Thank you, Deb Moran-Peterson. Thank you, Laura. And Thank Rachel Franduti for coming to join us today. And Lynn, we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. Everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Be safe and be nice. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.